15. I think we'll have an opportunity next Sunday for a time of testimonies. We usually try to do this at the end of a sermon series. We've been in Psalms about uh, about four months now, 16 Psalms about, and uh, think back through the ones that we've studied. My intent was to study some ones that we probably don't know a whole lot about, and uh, it's been neat to see. Sometimes we think of, of common themes in the Psalms, and certainly there are those, yet even in the ones, and partially it's due to how I chose them, but we, they cover a number of different topics, a number of different areas. And uh, even, even in the emphasis of praise, there's a little different focus, uh, say, as remembering the works of God or remembering the character of God. So I encourage you to take some time this, this next week and to think about some of the Psalms that we've looked at and to think about how the Lord has used them in your life and to we'll have a chance to be able to share with one another next week, but even for reflecting upon your own life, saying, the Lord used this in my life and in this psalm, and yeah, I give thanks to the Lord for that. I can remember times in my life when I look back and say, wow, that was a pretty stupid decision. <laughs> uh, there's a, front, a tree in the front part of the parsonage there. It grows as a soft maple grows down, and so it keeps growing into the street. And a few years ago, I had a tall ladder out just on the edge of the street and was working to cut off part of the branch that was hanging way down. And don't worry, I wasn't cutting on the right side of the ladder. I was cutting on the left side of the ladder. But as I cut this branch, it fell. The, the weight of it was removed and the branch lifted up. And I was probably about six inches from the top of this ladder. And I realized, wow, that was uh, stupid. I should have thought that through more. I could have fallen and hurt myself or died. That was the same about the same time that cut another branch and it took me off the ladder and to the ground. And thankfully, I was okay. But uh, not all my accidents are tree related. Some are, uh, but uh, I certainly have others to tell. But you think back on some times in your life, saying, "Wow, I could have died." That's the emphasis of this psalm, as the psalmist is praising God for sparing him from physical death. Certainly his application is spiritual, but the emphasis here, he's saying, thank you, God, for sparing my life. You think back on your own life, maybe you think of times, maybe it was a car accident. Maybe it was just an accident in life, uh, a time of sickness that you went through, childbirth, a surgery that you faced, maybe some serving in the military, some exercise there. Maybe you slipped or something slipped and almost crushed you and you could have been seriously hurt or died. Maybe it's because of a foolish decision you made that you could have died or just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, and you look back saying, wow, that, would have, that could have been really serious. If we think there's probably many times in our lives when you say, the Lord spared my life. I could have died. I probably should have died there. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me. That is the emphasis of this psalm. The psalmist, pray, the psalmist praises God. God's protection of our lives should lead us to praise him. God's protection of our lives should lead us to praise him. I want to read this psalm for us, Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. 
because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. The pang, pains of death surround me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the Lord, the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with, with you. Verse 8, for you have delivered my soul from death. Using the sense of not uh, spiritual soul, but just our life. You delivered my life from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, All men are liars. Who can I trust? What shall I render to the Lord? For all his benefits toward me. I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord, now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Here the psalmist praises the Lord for his protection of his life, for sparing his life, and then responds with to the Lord. Uh, offering himself to serve him with his life. This is a very personal psalm. There's over 30 personal pronouns used in this psalm. I, me, my. And it just overflows from the psalmist. Uh, as, so the situation happened, the near-death experience, and realized that he had been rescued from that. And the psalmist just overflows with gratitude to the Lord. We see that he loves the Lord. If you would think about in the Bible and think about your reading, very seldom does the Bible mention someone specifically saying, I love the Lord. Uh, it's, we're admonished to love the Lord. Certainly it's fitting and right. But I think one of the reasons why it doesn't is that uh, love for the Lord is somewhat subjective in the sense that I can think I love the Lord. And the Lord knows how much I truly mean that. And the Lord knows, knows the reality of my heart and the measure of my love for him. Think of Jesus and Peter. Peter, do you love me? You know that I love you. Well, did Peter love him? Yes, to a certain degree, yes. But he knew how much he needed to grow in loving him. And that interaction after Peter had denied Jesus there. And so seldom does it mention it, not that we should not love the Lord, we should but it's why it stands out when it is mentioned here, this overflow of the heart. I love the Lord because of what he has done for me. I was near death, verse 3 follows, but he spared me from death when I called out to him. 
The psalmist cried out to God. He heard my voice. God heard my voice, my supplication. So what I've asked of him, he's inclined his ear to me. So he was ready to listen to me. And I called upon him and he answered me. Part of this uh, is encouraging that the psalmist there at the end of verse 2, because the Lord heard me, I'm going to keep calling out to him. Answer to prayer, or just knowing that God hears us, is ongoing encouragement that we will keep calling out to him. We will keep praying to him. God is the one who cares for us, and he answers our prayers in his timing and, he went and his way, and he, but he does hear them. So we should praise the Lord. The protection of our lives should lead us to praise him. I'm going to look at three truths today about this from this psalm. We should call out to him when we are in trouble. We should call out to him when we are in trouble. There in verse 3, read, The pains of death, or the cords of death, like the ropes of death surrounded me, like someone caught in a net or a trap. They're already trapped. They're on their way to death. The pangs of Sheol, the grave laid hold of me, All I knew was trouble and sorrow. That was my life experience. This was very low. I thought I was going to die. This is different than someone who is looking ahead at a path, say, dangerous and saying, well, here's a danger here and here's a danger here. If I can just get through here, okay, I'll be be fine. But no, they're already trapped. They're already on the way down, you realize I'm about to die. This is how dangerous and desperate the situation was. But what does he do in verse 4? Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Deliver my life. Deliver me. He cries out to the Lord in the time of trouble, in the time of danger. We can take that for granted, and hopefully that is our initial response. But we know that that is not everyone's response when they're in trouble, when they're in danger, to call out to the Lord. People can turn to all kinds of things. Psalm 115 would call these idols, things that they turn to for help instead of to the Lord. People don't always turn to the Lord when they are in trouble. Sometimes as they are uh, sick, they turn to medicine, they turn to doctors and hospitals. Not that we shouldn't go to those, the doctors and hospitals, but they turn to that as their ultimate hope. If I can just get to the right uh, doctor, then I'll be okay. Uh, Instead of ultimately trusting in the Lord. Yes, go to doctors and hospitals, but our ultimate trust needs to be in the Lord. We can turn to family and friends saying, will you help me out of this mess? Certainly friends and family can help us, but they're not our ultimate trust and hope. People can turn to substances that lead to addictions, things like alcohol, drugs, painkillers, food. They just want to forget about reality. They want to forget about their circumstances and numb themselves towards the pain, towards the reality of death. Just don't make me think about it. People can turn to pleasure. I just have a short time left here in life. Let me live it up. Let me live for the moment. Let me make the most of the time that I have here. And people can turn against God. Instead of turning to him, they can turn and they can rail against him and hate him. 
If that is what you want for me in my life, God, if that is who you are, I don't want anything to do with you. And so think about that in the contrast to what the psalmist does. He's near death, he's in great trouble, and he turns to the Lord. And that should be our encouragement as well, that we turn to the Lord. The psalmist, I think, in, he says there in verse 11, I said in my haste, so he says it quickly, all men are liars. So probably his perspective is a bit off. Usually our first reaction is not the best reaction. We need to think through it a little bit more. It's at least not the most godly reaction. Uh, but all men are liars. Who can I trust? Everyone's lying around me. Everyone's turning against me. Who can I trust? He knows he can trust the Lord. And he turned to the Lord and cried out to him. So too should we. When we are in trouble, when we are in danger, we should turn to the Lord. The hymn, Abide With Me, draws a number of these truths together from the psalm. Uh, one of the verses goes as follows. Abide with me, fall, fast falls the even tide. The darkness deepens, Lord with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Another verse, I need thy presence every passing hour. What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who like thyself my guide and stay can be? Through cloud and sunshine, oh, abide with me. Turn to the Lord, cry out to him for his presence, and he will give it, but he wants us to turn to him when we are in trouble, when we are in danger. The second truth is this, we should thank him when he rescues our lives from death. The psalmist turned to the Lord, and he turned to the Lord, yes, because God is all-powerful and good, and, or all-powerful and holy, but what he brings out in verse 5 is some of his, his characteristics about gracious is the Lord. The Lord deals with us according to his abundant favor. The Lord is righteous, so everything that he does is perfectly right and just. Yes, our God is merciful. Maybe I deserve death, but God, you are a merciful God. And you show that to me. That's why I'm crying out to you because of your characteristics. And even though I was brought low, verse 7, you saved me. You, and that's not in the sense of spiritual salvation. This is physical deliverance here. Certainly that's true of spiritual as well, that the Lord is the only one who saves. But here speaking of physical deliverance, now, the beginning of verse 6, the psalmist says, the Lord preserves the simple. As the simple person is used in the book of Proverbs, it's the one who's inexperienced in life. They don't have a lot of experience in life, so they don't know a lot about the dangers. And they're going along and don't know what's ahead, don't know what to look out for. And what does the Lord do? He preserves them. He protects them from the dangers that are ahead that they face. This is what the psalmist says. I was brought low. He saved me, delivered me. And so my soul can be at rest. Instead of worrying about how I'm going to get out of this, worrying about if I'm going to make this out alive, I can be at peace with God because he has spared me from death. For you, the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. 
What an amazing thought that the Lord deals bountifully with his children, far beyond what they deserve, far beyond what we could hope for in this life. He deals bountifully with his children. And here's that main thought in this psalm, for you had delivered, verse 8, my soul from death. I thought I was going to die, and you spared my life. You spared me from tears, from weeping. You spared my feet from falling. You rescued and helped me. Thank you, God. This is how the psalmist responds. You brought me into the land of the living. You've rescued my life. I was just downcast. I believed, verse 10, and therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. This perhaps could be because of others bringing this danger this upon him there. I said in my haste, all men are liars. Who can I trust? Who can I look out? Who can I trust? Who can I have to help me out? But the Lord is the one who has rescued me. This is what you have done. Thank you, Lord God, for this. We too should thank the Lord for his protection in our lives, for the ways that he has spared us from death how we were brought low and he rescued us. I could think of another time I was on a fire call and spraying water up to the second story of a building and walking around, feeling something on the ground, thought it was a branch. Turns out it was the entrance wire to the building that was still alive. Uh, And I look back and say, Lord, thank you for sparing me from shock, whatever it could have been worse. (laughs) sometimes we don't even know what the dangers are going to be in our lives but I encourage you to think back you probably have stories to tell of your life of things that happened to you things that you did knowingly or unknowingly that just turned out one way or another and you look back and say wow Lord thank you for sparing my life he wants us to recognize that that protection comes from him that he keeps his children alive, as we'll see, as long as he wants them here on this earth. And he protects us again and again in our lives. Probably there's many more times that we don't even realize how he's protecting us in our lives, but he is doing that. So thank him when he rescues our lives from death. Should also give back to the Lord when we are rescued. In verse 12, we see, what shall I render? That's the idea of giving back. Some translations say repay to the Lord for all his benefits toward me. Now, on one hand, we never can repay, and that's not the idea. It's not like we say, well, if I do enough things for God, then I'm, I'm going to be out of his debt. No, that's not the idea. But the response is, what, how should I respond? How should I give back with a thankful heart for what he has done for me? for sparing my life from death. What should I give back to the Lord? And it gives a number of things here in this, the last few verses. First of all, we should fulfill our commitments to the Lord. comes. We also should respond to him, serve him. Serve him with your life. Verse 16, O Lord, truly I am your servant. 
I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. How does the psalmist respond when the Lord had delivered him from death? Here I am. I'm going to serve you with my life. My life is bound up with yours. I'm going to live for you, my God. I'm going to serve you with my life. I'm your servant, and I'm from a family of servants. My life is bound up to serve you. It's kind of a play. You've delivered me what, so that I could be in bondage to you and serve you. That's the freedom that we have. And thinking of it through the New Testament, the freedom we have in Christ, we're freed from sin so that we might serve God, to place ourselves willingly under his authority and serve him with our lives. Uh, we see this. In Paul, he calls himself a bondservant or a slave of God, or James, the half-brother of Jesus, who could have claimed the family relation, but in his letter he says, I'm a bondservant, I'm a servant, a slave of Jesus Christ. And this is the fitting way, certainly, of the physical deliverance. God, in the remainder of time that I have left on this life, I should have died. In the remainder of time that I have left on this life, help me to serve you. That's the fitting response. But so too the spiritual response that when we've been saved from our sins, we've been saved to serve God with our lives, to be willing to do whatever he wants us to do, freely, gladly, giving ourselves to the Lord to serve him. That is how we should respond and then to publicly praise him. Notice at the end of this, these Psalms, verse 18, I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of his people. This praise, fulfilling of the vows, was not a personal act, but it was done publicly, first of all, in the courts of the Lord's house. So the temple, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. This was public praise to God. Thank you, God. I'm going to publicly thank you for what you have done for me. And I'm going to rejoice in that. I'm going to give you that praise that you deserve because you have delivered me from death. And I'm going to praise you before others. I'm not going to be shy about this, but gladly sharing publicly the praise to the Lord. This is how the psalmist responds to the Lord. This is how he says, I can give back to the Lord. It's by praise to you. Not at all that we should ever uh, be freed of the debt that we owe the Lord, but rather this is the fitting response to the Lord for what he has done for us. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. As we live, sometimes we can be too reckless. Sometimes we can be too fearful of death. Both are ditches that we don't want to fall in. But as we live, certainly there is a, a fear that uh, the world has about death and their avoidance of it. And here is, in Hebrews chapter 2, is here's how the gospel helps us set this in context, uh, realizing of, of the freedom that we can have from the fear of death through Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, so talking about Christ, he himself likewise shared in the same. So he became fully human. That through death, 
he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Jesus Christ lived a fully human life apart from sin. He never sinned, and, but yet he also experienced a fully human death. He died. But he rose again and he conquered sin and death and destroyed the power of death. That those who trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior, who trust that he died on the cross for their sins, They are given eternal life. They're delivered from the judgment that we deserve, sometimes described in the Bible as eternal death or second death. We're delivered from that when we trust in Jesus Christ. And so when death comes, and it will unless Jesus Christ comes first, we don't have to fear death because it is just the pathway to eternity with God in heaven. And he's going to keep his children alive until it's their time to die. And certainly we don't hasten the end of death, our end of our lives, but there's a trust in the Lord in this. I don't have to fear death. Sure, I may not like it or want it to come, but that is, uh, God has delivered me from eternal death through Jesus Christ. That is the hope of the gospel. I hope that's your hope, your confidence that you build your life upon, that Jesus Christ has spared me from the punishment that I deserve, from the eternal death, and spared me from the fear of death. So as you live, you don't have to be in fear of death. You don't have to be worrying about everything that might go wrong. You can live confidently serving the Lord. And know that when death does come, it's God's pathway for you to spread eternity in his presence, to worship and serve the eternal God forever and ever. Perhaps if it will matter in heaven, we'll find out more stories of how God spared us from death in our lives. And what it'll do is it'll lead us to praise him forever endeavor. Father God, thank you for the protection that you give us in our lives.